That's crazy. Couldn't hear it there, uh, Goldie, but uh, it's on. I can hear it. I wonder if my guest can hear it there on the other side. We'll get to him in a minute, but that's not good. We're going to have to figure out out in post-production how to get that on there uh, because, I mean, in, the, in a land of new theme songs, uh, coming around, the, coming around the, the trail here, you know, I, I want to think that mine was a bit of a trailblazer. So uh, uh, welcome to the studio. Hit the Lotto Podcast. We're back. Episode 24. Uh, we have been away for, uh, no, actually, did I take, yeah, I think we took last week off, but um, we are back again this week, and I think we got a, a great show for you. Um First off, uh, I just need to once again thank uh, Poach for the uh, uh, the Hit the Lotto logo and uh, Pet Fangs for the song that you didn't hear. But uh, we have to again; we will fix that. And I got to uh, I got to address a, a couple things before uh, before I get into uh, into my guest. Uh, so just uh, hold tight there, pal. But um, uh, one is if you've been a follower of the Hit the Lotto podcast, you know that. Uh, I deal in commerce, e-commerce. I deal in uh, the selling of goods uh, for a living. That's what I do. I work on various platforms, but I work on most of the major e-commerce marketplace platforms. I live and, and, and work here in Dublin. I sell a lot of product in the UK. And before Brexit, when this podcast started, I told everybody that would listen on this podcast that it was going to be a fucking shit show. And it is a fucking shit show. So uh, uh, it is such a complete and utter mess, not to mention, you know, whatever I, I'm going to, I treat what I hear about what goes on in the UK, unless I talk to folks in the UK. And again, the guest was there so he can attest to it, but I, I, um, I'm not even thinking about what's going on in the UK, but what is happening about to happen here. There is no stock folks. If you have kids out there and you need to shop for your kids, make sure you get when, when that stock comes in, you get it immediately because there is not going to be anything followed up. It's going to be a weird, weird, weird Christmas. And, uh, this year, the irony of what's going on is that I don't know if people, if you guys know, but I think I've spoken about it. But last year, uh, the cost of a container ship from the Far East to get shipped to Ireland or, to, or the UK, where it usually got docked and then brought into Ireland from there, because we relied on the UK for fucking everything when it came to these types of retail businesses here in this country. Um, it would cost about five thousand U.S. dollars, and now it's over twenty twenty-five thousand U.S. dollars. It it was a race to the bottom that became, and the shippers decided because of all the different reasons uh, that they were going to make this move, and now it's twenty-five thousand dollars, and the customer has not paid for it yet. The customer has not paid for this pro the, the, the raise in this yet. What's going on is the the middlemen are taking the hit. The small companies that already work for fucking pennies are taking the hit because they can't afford to, to explain to their customers this year that it's been, it's, it's as tough as it is because of the things that are going on. Now, a lot of their customers may know what's going on. A lot of them may see it, but the fact is I haven't raised, I may in my portfolio at some stage have about 4,000 different products and I haven't raised the prices of maybe I'd say maybe 10% of those items based on, on Brexit implications. And all of those prices have gone up. I've taken the hit. The other, the guy who sold it to me took the hit. The guys who are making the least amount of money on this thing are taking 
taking <coughs> taking the hit on this not the you know the, the so the end user can 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 buy it at that price but how do you explain a fivefold increase in in shipping costs and no one's paying the middle guys are paying for it yet they're getting killed they're getting killed something's going to change and that means that you fuckers out there are paying for it next year trust me when i tell you that uh and that's so that's the bad news that that's the the, the rant that I, that i have per se but the good news is and my next guest is irish um <clears throat> so he can probably appreciate this even I mean, he's young, maybe not as much as, you know, an older generation. But I was perusing through the uh, through the interwebs, as it were, and um, there was a very famous band, and it looks like my mom's in the uh, in the studio there. So I guess you know, watch your watch your fucking language, okay? When my mother's in the studio. Um, but there is a band. There was a band that was very popular back here in the uh, probably the, I don't know the noughties or the I, I'm not even sure. I, I, you can. Uh, f- correct me on this mix, but um, it was during the boy band phase, like the boy band, you know, when, when the boy bands in America hit, the boy bands over in Europe hit, you know, and there were, you know, plenty of them to go around. But <clears throat> there was one called Boy Zone. And um, <laughs> Boy Zone has two two members of, of Boy Zone that just came out with a new song and a new video. and um, and And I watched it. And I, I fucking loved it, man. It's such a great throwback song, man. I want to sing it. Like, I want to slick my hair back. And it's funny because I don't know the guys. I, I know it's uh, McFadden and Duffy are the two guys. And this Brian McFadden is like, I don't know. He's he's built kind of like a, uh, a a lazy a lazy first baseman or a lazy linebacker, really. He's kind of like chubby. He's, you know, he's, he's definitely let of, of, I don't know what he looked like back then. Don't, I don't know. But I mean, he's a middle-aged guy. Like these are middle-aged men now and they're singing songs about, and literally the song is, the video is a throwback to the, to the 80s and 90s. But the song is about basically telling the, the woman that he's with that, it was always it was always about us at the end of the day. It was always me and you, baby. You know, all the shit that we went through, all the stuff that we did. But, you know, it's always about us. I, I think the, it might be called We Are the World or You Are the World. I don't even know what the name of the song is. But I heard that today. And uh, I'm, I'm, I, I go out there and, and give these guys your money, for Christ's sakes. These guys obviously are, are having some fun. COVID, COVID was good to them. There you go. It's the one. See, you know, Goldie, because you sing it in the fucking shower just like I do now but know that like this is it so uh I, and i'm super super happy that uh to, to see two middle-aged guys they're probably younger than me but two middle-aged guys basically making this comeback and they'll they, look they'll, they'll tour ireland we know that and they'll do great there but uh uh thank you for you'll giving be there us. of course Oh yeah, and I'll be there. I'll be there. And it's not Boys Zone. It's Boys Life is who they are. You know, they they, they cut it down. It's not Boys Zone. It's Boys Life. So it's just they, they just got everything everything rolling for them, man. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's a I think it's a great idea. But let's get to Mick. Mick Duncan, welcome to the the studio. Welcome to the Hit the Lotto podcast. I'm happy to have you here, man. And uh, we'll yeah. get into what why why I invited you on. But uh, I didn't want to keep you waiting any longer. Thanks a million, man. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, delighted to be here. Thank you very much. It's great to get a text from you. I haven't heard from you in a while. So, uh, yeah, what a way to catch up. Thanks for having me. 
Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> I may as well use you for what I could use you for. You know what I mean? I'm, you know, I'm mm. very, why, why would I talk to you any other time? Why do I care? <laughs> 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 no, no, I, it's, uh, it is, it's fucking, it's a, it's an absolute pleasure to, uh, to chat with you again. And like, and like you said, I, I think this is the, I think through, through all this COVID and all the things and being working from home and doing all this stuff, this podcast that I started has actually done that. What it's done is it's actually kind of brought me together with people that maybe we necessarily wouldn't have had. We definitely wouldn't have had this conversation, but we, you know, mm-hmm. it's a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good way to kind of chat and look, you, you're, you, you have an expertise on, on this, on this subject that I want to talk about. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't mind kind of sharing at least what you know with the very limited public, trust me, mate. Like, you know, and I get a few downloads, don't get me wrong, but you know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm far, I'm far from Joe Rogan. You know what I mean? I, I'm not even midnight <laughs> Baghdad. You know what I mean? I, I'm still, still rolling with my own numbers, but we do, you know, people listen there. There's actually people that download and listen, and we've had some great guests on and, along the same vein. So, um, Thanks, man. Thanks, uh, thanks for taking taking the hour or whatever it is to. You're, you're, are you in Wales now? I am. Yeah, in Cardiff. Just got back from London this morning. Um, and and so and, yeah, based based here. How's everything going in uh, in Cardiff, man? Good, man. Yeah, I've been honestly really lucky the last couple of years. Um, pretty much after lockdown season one, we got the nod to go back. Um, I think it was July of that year to go back filming. Um, everything was obviously very, very strict. Um, but literally haven't had, I don't think I've had more than a week off since then. Um, which is unusual <laughs> because usually, you know, when you finish a pro, uh, when you finish a production, you usually have, you know, it could be up to two or three months sometimes um, yeah. in between jobs. But yeah, it's been so, so busy. I think there was just a backlog of productions um, from that, first lockdown and everyone is shooting i think like my my boss bryn he's the sound mixer um he was saying he's based in cardiff he's welsh he was saying um that on average you know in in normal times shall we say um there would be an average of about six production shooting in south wales uh during the summer but this year it was 17 so it's just been yeah it's been super super busy and so then let's let's, let's yeah let's let's jump into it so what uh, uh as we know um uh what happened uh, as you may or may not know out there in uh in hit the lotto land but i'm sure that it's pretty much a known thing especially in quick day and age we have today but alec baldwin was uh an actor um mm-hmm. um ironically he's uh, uh famous he's uh, very well known for being a, a left-wing left-wing actor who played this very funny right-wing actor on a on a great series television series on nbc but uh um so obviously there's there's rumors and <laughs> things that automatically go out to the the crazy uh conspiracy theorists already and i'm sure that that, that uh that'll get covered on on another podcast but um um, he mm-hmm. was on the set of a movie. Um, uh, he uh, was was filming a scene where he was shooting a gun. Um, that gun was actually had a live round in it and ended up uh, killing someone on the set. Uh, I, I you, you can you can fill me in, fit in on who. I don't want to overstep any any what her actual role. What was she? 
She was the director of photography. She was the director was of photography. Operating so she, the camera as well. The, yeah. So she was operating the camera that was directly across because this was a close-up scene, and we can get into this too, but but um, mm-hmm. ended up killing her, wounding the director. Um, obviously, like, um, as me, as uh, when I heard it immediately, because I'm actually old enough to remember it again, which you guys, uh, some of you out there are probably a bit young. Mick, you're probably a bit young for this, but I was taken directly back to Brandon Lee. Um, yeah. Uh, and what happened was, on the set it? of The Crow. Um, what'd you say, pal? That was 1993, was it? I think it was 1993, think, yeah. Yeah. So were right. you not even born yet? Tell me you weren't even born. I was 91. <laughs> all right so at least you were two right, so i was around good. i was yeah. 21 I, I, I was joining right. in america but um you yeah. went back to that um and you know i because so so i actually there there are a there is a generation and older that actually un, has seen this happen before but it's it's yeah. basically a, obviously it's sort of a once in a every few generational kind of thing that something happens yeah. and mick you work in film you can tell the folks what Correct, uh, yeah. what 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 you do. Tell them, tell them a little bit about yourself, so they so they know what you're what you're, where you're coming from. Um, I guess I've I've been involved in film since uh, 2013. I graduated from the National Film School in Dunleary, um, and from then from that point onwards, I was kind of involved in the sound department. Um, I guess I I won't go into it too much, but I guess I I went into sounds because in college nobody really liked it and i i i, I found that fascinating <laughs> so and there was also a gap in the market there as well so yeah. <laughs> um i ended up doing quite a few of the graduation films for my year and and just got more and more into it at that point really um i liked that it. it's kind of a it's kind of an underdog um d- department on set to be honest um and like you you get the classic sound and camera rivalry um a lot on set like that was definitely a like you know something that started early on um but it's not it doesn't really exist anymore um but you get people joking on set saying you know it's television not telesound and you know if you have to stop for a plane people are rolling their eyes and all sorts like but i i like the kind <laughs> of um you're all we're always up against it in the sound department uh so um the guys that i've been working with in the last three years um they're great at what they do as well and they know when to pick their fights so you just have to you know you just got to go in and do your job under the radar in and out and if you're not spoken to during the day that's a successful day <laughs> um, that's fantastic so, i love yeah. it and and in, in, in <laughs> you know in so just uh, again as, as a yank uh you know from mm-hmm. me um i i'm i've i've i lived in the hamptons so i met uh people who were um in the that business per se um yeah i i actually I, I don't know if you know who he is but i actually was kind of i was very friendly with a man named bud schulberg um <clears throat> bud schulberg uh uh wrote on the waterfront um his oh. father was the head of warner studios one of the major studios back in the well, golden era um but uh, so I, I i was lucky enough but generally Generally, um, thinking from an American point of view, you wouldn't know anybody in the business unless you lived in L.A., in Manhattan, in that mm-hmm. field, if you know what I mean. But, yeah. Yeah. but I, find, I find it very – what I find quite cool about 
another great reason, reason number 177, why I love to live in, in this country that I live in now in Ireland is that like in this country, it's very different. Like you're only, you're only ever, you know, a few degrees of the, the, you know, uh, of separation away from yes somebody yeah. in just about any business. You know, you really yeah. are only a few, and, and that includes your business, you know, and that includes the, you know, the filming, Absolutely, film yeah. business. And, and obviously I know you, you, um, uh, you, you played football, American football for me. We can get into any of that stuff later, but realistically, like, mm-hmm. and you know, when this all happened and this all went down, I was like, you know, what's ironic here is that I actually know a few people that are yeah. actually directly in this business. Like that actually, you know, and not even like the small stuff, but like here it's a very small community. So, so the small community is doing all the big stuff and a lot of TV shows get made here and a lot of American shows get made. There are a lot of things that happen Mm -hmm. here. So, so it was, it's just cool that, that, um, a, it's cool that that's alive and well, at least in the UK, while, you know, COVID was going on for you to stay into work, but it was cool for me because when I heard this, I was like, let me let me let me reach out to Mick. Let me see if you know if there's anybody I know who who would know anything at all about any of this. It would, at least from a mm. being on a film set standpoint, it would be it would be you. Um, so you could you do have a not insight. Well, maybe you do. Maybe you do. But but you know you would would you understand sort of the perhaps the procedures that went wrong the process. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so from, I guess so to a know, degree. You know, so so I've heard. Uh, again, I'll just throw it out there. So I've heard that that yeah, yeah. apparently this process to to obviously there's a reason why we still need to use real guns with dummy rounds on the film set. You know, and apparently for the, especially these close up shots, you need yeah. to be showing a real gun, right? And and so mm-hmm. so we still haven't we still haven't gotten to the phase of <clears throat> finding the perfect substitute but from what i understand essentially while rehearsals are going on for um these these things to happen right for this scene for instance while rehearsals are going yeah. for a scene like this what happens is um the actors are using complete dummy weapons they're they're, they're not using they're, they don't they don't touch that that gun with that dummy round the last thing it does before it gets put away forever for good is touch the actor's hand. Like the actor's job is to take a perfectly prepared gun, do what he needs to do and then give it away immediately. So it can be handled correctly. Yep. Like the set yep, correct. sets are sets are very different, right? When there's a, when there's a, a gun, when there's something like when this scene's happened with these guns, right? Absolutely. Oh, hundred percent. And it's, it's, it should be anyway, a very strict procedure. That is down to a T, you know, everything is prepped for, you know, everything has gone through 40 minutes, an hour beforehand, you know, like, I guess the, I'm lucky. I told you when I was, when I, when you messaged me, um, I'm lucky that the, the latest film that I've just finished on, on Friday, um, it was an action film that was filmed over here, um, called Havoc, um, so we just wrapped on that on Friday, five months of shooting, literally. Uh, it was like every day we had uh, guns on set, every day. So that was the first time that I experienced that really in my career. Um, 
because everything I've done has kind of been either like dark ages or, or period pieces or, you know, stuff that was like Viking time, you know? So, um, there was no real need for, you know, contemporary weapons. Um, but there was a complete opposite on this job. But <laughs> I guess if you want me to outline the procedure that we had on this job, um, I can I can kind of take you through that. Yeah, yeah, please, please do. And, I mean, just tell me way, what you can tell yeah. me. Again, I'm not trying to – I don't want any information that shouldn't be out there or yeah, anything no, like that. Course. But I don't think – I mean, I think that – I would think that from a, a perspective of being in the business, you would want – Everybody that you pos- you would be shouting to the hills. Something seri- seriously went wrong here. So seriously went wrong that look oh, yeah. at all these hoops that people had to jump through in order to get this done. Like there was a problem. Oh, yeah. there, you know what I mean. So it's you just crazy. tell me whatever. There are so however many you, yeah, however your yeah. process, you know, on your set. I, yeah. That's what I want to hear. That's why. I, that's what I'm t- talking. Yeah, about. and 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 it's the process that will be used on every set or should be used on every set. So, and I can tell you everything because the guys that were on this were so like military precise. You know, so I can go through everything. I, I like I'm not in the position where I'm going to be like covering up. Well, sometimes they were doing things <laughs> that you know should have been done. It, it wasn't that case. It was just too seriously taken uh, by yeah, everyone. Yeah. So um, there was three guys or four armorers in total on set. I, I only really kind of befriended three of them. Um, but James, Rob, Chris, and um, James, Rob, Chris, and I think it was two Jameses actually, um, all ex-military. And just like could you could just tell from the way they held themselves on set that they were there to do a professional job and do it to, you know, the best that they could and they had to do it that way because they were obviously dealing with live weapons so like i said about 40 minutes before we were about to do a shot with any gun everybody was being made everybody was told that there was going to be gunfire so the shouts would be going out gunfire gunfire on the next shot anybody who was actually on set then so the likes of myself i'm a boom operator so i'm i essentially hold the big fluffy mic over the actor's head so i'm always going to be on set with the camera operator uh, the clapper loader who's the guy that like, like flicks the board mm-hmm. um and then the first ad so the first ad is the the guy that organizes the set he's responsible for scheduling and he's responsible for running the set so he's the guy that you hear shouting action and all of that um so there the like that's the kind of core and you have a focus puller as well who would also be there so it's, it's a group of about five or six and that's like at its minimum at its very minimum that it can be um that would be in a in the immediate vicinity of the the action so uh, all of us are given uh, face protection, so goggles and then earmuffs or or little watsits as I call them, um, like sponge earplugs. Mm-hmm. Um, so health and safety are always present at the time to make sure everybody is well protected. And then it obviously differs then as well if the gun fire is, is if the gun is being pointed towards the camera. Um, anybody who can be out of the actual direction of the 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 gun is pointing um obviously that's unavoidable sometimes for the camera shot that that's needed so what they have is like a large big perspex glass or or like 
I, th- I forget the name of it. I was just talking to somebody last night and I said, I must remember the name of it <laughs> so for, for the podcast, <laughs> but it's gone out no, of my no. head. Um, but it's essentially like a riot shield, you know, right. and it's got a tiny little square cut out of it that the, the matte box of the camera pokes through. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's like a big giant, two like big giant uh, riot shields with a hole in the middle. And then the camera operator has got to wear a big face shield, like a, a, I think it's bulletproof for up to small rounds anyway, nine millimeter. So he's got to wear that over his face. And this is all if the camera, if the gun is pointing towards the camera, if they're pointing away from the camera, it's not so much. Everybody's out of the way. Everybody's nowhere near where the gun is pointing, uh, but you still got to wear eye protection and ear protection. Um, so the armorers are always stood by with the weapon. Nobody else is allowed to touch the weapon, and they have the blanks in a box beside it. So when Liam, the first AD, who was Liam, I say Liam because he's he was the name of the first AD. That was the name mm-hmm. of the first AD on the film I've just done. Um, he'll give the boys a nod. So everything will be gone through in rehearsals with the the dummy gun like you said like over and over it'll be done so that everybody knows exactly what's going on four or five times and for the for the case for this film um because it was an action film a lot of the shots were quick only like you know two three second long shots yeah um so at, at the at the point that everybody's comfortable after the rehearsals, Liam will, Liam will say, right, let's get ready to go. So all the checks will come in, costume and makeup will come in and they'll do their checks on the actor and then they leave set again and then the armourers come in. They'll put the blanks in the gun and then hand the gun to the actor and say, gun is hot, gun is hot and shout shout that aloud. So just before we go again, the AD will shout gunfire, gunfire and then they'll do the shot. So that's the procedure. And then immediately after cut is said by the director, the armors are straight in. They'll be shouting. If anybody even tries to step out onto the set towards the actor, they'll be shouted at because the armors are the first one in straight away to take the weapon away. And then they'll unload the weapon right there in that spot to make sure everything is out of it. They'll clean, they'll, you know, cock it back so that there's nothing in the in the chamber or anything like that. And then they'll say weapon cold and then everybody's safe to go about their business. That, that's the that's the standard I, I even, procedure. I, I even heard it goes almost sometimes so far as to that the either the at some stage even the first AD needs to be aware that the armors have done their job. Like the first AD job, not to get into it, but that's mm-hmm. a it's such a uh, an important job on, on a movie. Oh set my god, that, I don't know how they no, do it. It gets no like it's crazy. Nothing. The director <laughs> gets all of these accolades. <laughs> Meanwhile, that's this guy's sketch putting everything together like this motherfucker. Yes. But they're probably getting paid a lot of money to at some stage if they're good they're getting paid a lot of money to take a lot of shit they'll definitely say it's not enough (laughs) i'm sure i'm sure that it's never enough but but i mean again essentially every step of the way there is a check on those weapons to make sure there is there would there be any reason at all for a live round to be on a set no no um, but this is the this is where terminology comes into it. Okay. Because um, a live round essentially means that there's something in the chamber. I got gotcha, you. So I got gotcha. you. Includes a, a, blanks. A, a, an actual. I'm talking about an actual uh, un, a, un an actual bullet un, like 
Yeah, unchanged bullet. You know, an unchanged yeah. not a, no, not a, blank, no a bullet that 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 was bought from the shop for a bullet to do bullet reasons that was maintained its bulletness on a set yes. like that. Like there should be no reason for that. No, no, exactly. Yeah, and this is a question that I um regret not asking our armorers while i was on the job is like do you actually keep any live munition ammunition in the van or anything but there's there's i can't think of one reason why they would you know yeah yes and and i guess even uh apparently what i what i this is this is just what i've been in my in my research but it does back up what you're talking about i heard that because it was a even because it was a it was it's a western that they're shooting and it was a revolver That's right. so the way it gets tested before it goes on to onto the set is um it, whether there's two armors or an armor and an, and your your first ad or whatever um they take the uh there's like a cleaning rod for a revolver. They put they they flip open the revolver. They put it all the way through the barrel, so the orange, the bright orange tip comes out the other side. And the person mm. who's checking this watches this happen. So there's nothing in the chamber. Mm. They then hand the bullets one by one to whoever is the, the person who's responsible for loading that gun. Who d- triple yeah. quadruple checks that these are not actual bullet bullets from walmart and loads yeah, the weapon yeah. with all these dummy bullets and that's how it was it's supposed to be kind of done on these sort of western older sets because because again these are you're you're talking about real guns that are old weapons yeah they're antique era guns yeah yeah so you can't trust them like yeah so even more safety checks you would think would be would be brought across. So I guess my question for you is: Well, I got I got mm. tons of questions for you about this, but yeah, number one, we all number do. one is that <laughs> number yeah number one is that you know from your standpoint, you know what kind of was your first doing what you do for a living, and then and then even in yeah. in on the set where you were because it happened while you were working, right? You were wrapping up, but I mean you were still working when it happened, right? So that's right. What what kind of was was the, as I know, I don't mean to sound crass, but um, w- the reaction obviously was sad because this was a tragedy that happened. I mean, this was directly in your business, like what yeah. you're doing. <clears throat> your director of photography must have been like motherfucker. Um, mm. But like, was it was it a shock? Was it a complete shock and a complete surprise, or were there cynics? Because just like any business, you know, obviously this was a shit show, whatever was going on here. Yeah. You know what, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. There are so many questions. Um, to be honest, I, we're, we were doing nights um, for a lot of this shoot and they brought nights back in for the last week um, that we've just done uh, to complete the show or complete the film. I woke up, I think at like 10 or 11 in the morning and I had a couple of people had sent me the link to the article and my housemate was, I opened my housemate's chat and she had sent me a screenshot. And I genuinely first thought that went through my head was like, it's a, some sort of weird joke. Like, yeah. um, because you think back to 1993 with Brandon Lee and what happened then. And then it's 20, it's 2021 now. And you're like, how in this day and age, how can that happen? How can that happen with all the safety parameters that are put in place? So when, you know, when we got into work, then 
it was, it was a weird I feel like people were almost afraid to talk about it okay. um there was definitely a weird sense of like do we address this or not you know because we're yeah. walk the guys are walking around the mp5s like submachine guns ak-47s that are about to be fired you know so we have oh. a safety briefing every morning um um on the job like partly for covid but also um the first ad takes us through exactly what's going to happen on that day um and then the health and safety officer tim from huddersfield lovely fella uh, he tells us that there's going to be gunfire um on the day and he st- tells exactly when it's going to happen and we all know to expect we all know what to expect essentially we're all made very aware at the very start of the day of what's going to happen so he literally just said, I think that morning he he addressed it in in that speech, and he said, um, "We all know what happened last night. Let's just continue doing what we're doing. We've done so well so far for the last five months. We've only two three days left on this shoot, so just keep continuing to be vigilant, and um, and we'll get through it safely." So, you know, we were just we're lucky as well that we had guys that were so good at their job. Um, as armorers on this set, you know, and I guess they had to be. There was so much gunfire, you know. Yeah, but was it you know, so? The, this the set that you were on is it a uh, uh, was it is it is it a fairly big, you know, decent budget kind of set? Like you, the, these guys, I mean, obviously, if it's a, an action movie, there's got to be some money that's going on, you know, behind it yeah. in order for you to control an action movie, you know, especially thinking yeah. about it with all, all the shit that happened, you know. So it was was it a, you know. Yeah, it was. Well, there it would was have been a lot scale, of people on that set, right? Film. Yeah, yeah, hundreds, hundreds of people. Yeah, like it's, there it's would have been a lot of people job on in that Wales set. at the country, biggest job in Wales at the minute. Um, um, now that we've wrapped, um, but yeah, the lead, the lead actor is Tom Hardy. He was firing guns, so <laughs> they're not gonna, you know, they were always <laughs> gonna make sure that everything was completely, you know, professional, ready to go. Yeah. Because uh, he likes things to be done uh, efficiently and professionally, so you know it, okay. it was. It, it gives you an idea of the scale that we were we were kind of working at for the last five months. Um, wow! So, yeah, so it was, it was, it was a great, I mean, like it was honestly said, a great shoot. Like, yeah, so um, you know, probably it w- it would have been interesting to be on that set to see you know after after that happened to uh hear that kind of safety briefing you know and know yes. like look we're yeah. gonna do our jobs and we're gonna do them right and you have mm-hmm. zero to worry about on this set with that i don't even know what happened but you have nothing to worry about because we are yeah. that will not happen here you know so exactly I mean, exactly yeah yeah so so what like <clears throat> i guess I mean, obviously you don't know, I mean, you, you, whatever, what do you, I don't know if you know anything or don't know anything, but just from your reading of the, of, you know, kind of what happened, where do you think what happened there could have possibly have gone wrong? Again, this is amateur knowledge. This is an amateur podcast. I'm not expecting you to, you know, but just from your knowledge of knowing how it works. Yeah, of course. And obviously I'm in the sound department too. So, (laughs) yeah, you know, everybody, I did, I spoke to James the morning after I said to him, I said to the armorer, I asked him the same question. I said, what do you think could have gone wrong? And obviously this was the morning after. So nobody, you know, we know a lot more now than we did um, at that, at that point in time, 
you know, there was still articles saying like Alec Baldwin kills, you know, some mad articles, um, you know, essentially uh, putting the blame on Alec Baldwin and stuff like that. But um, James, James just said that sometimes what happens is when a blank has been fired in a gun, it, the the projectile there's still a there's no projectile in the actual bullet but the, what can happen is the bullet casing the metal shell can sometimes break in the barrel and some of it can be left behind in the barrel so there's some sort there's some form of projectile left in the barrel but you know it's down to the armor then to clean the barrel to to make sure there's nothing in there Gotcha. So he so was he looking at this from the, he, he was basically looking at this from a, there's no possible way. Look, before we go crazy and say there was a live bullet, an actual yeah. bullet, intact bullet that was shot through out of this gun into this woman, before we go there, yeah. like what could have gone wrong from my from his expertise was that the the armor could have been a complete fuck up and not clean the barrel or who yeah. the props man, whoever was in charge, fucked up this way. But it yeah. was still the onus is on him. But there was a reasoning for it. Like he, the, he actually could see a way of a reasoning where this could happen. You know, on a set. Yeah. With with a bit of negligence. Yeah, he could. Yeah, he was still in disbelief that that level of negligence could actually gotcha, happen. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, and he did say that the most likely thing would be that 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 was the most likely thing that happened is that some form of projectile was lodged in the barrel or stuck in the barrel and nobody checked it and then you know another uh, it's, it's so hard to <laughs> it's so hard yeah. to wrap your head around really yeah. and then he said well, because, unless unless it was just a complete clown and put a live bullet in there well because so, now that, i mean you know, essentially what we found out i mean again we don't know what actually happened we weren't we the, the, we're hearing facts through media outlets and through things but i mean yeah. basically what we're hearing was no that's not the case problem perhaps that in, in case this actually was yeah. an intact bullet bought that the there was no armor on the set that there could have there could have yeah. possibly not been the armor they could have walked off because of whatever unfair oh, yeah. shit that was going There's on on the set. And so, the, I yeah. mean, that, that could have actually happened and they still moved forward with these, with shooting a fucking gun uh, into a camera. It's so crazy. It's, it is, just, it's so hard to wrap your, wrap your head around it. And a few things, you know, from what I've read as well, the, the things that have struck me the most is that, um, the, the first AD was the person that handed Alec Baldwin the gun. So I'm scratching my head there being like, what's he doing with the gun in his hand, first of all? And then secondly, why is he giving it to the actor and saying cold gun? He, he said cold gun when he handed it to Alec Baldwin. So this guy, Dave Halls is his name. He doesn't have the best track record either for, you know, on set safety. So I think like two years ago, he did a film for Hulu and there was uh he, there was somebody made a complaint about him um, just about his on-set procedures. And then he did another film about a year after that where a gun was discharged, a shot f was fired on set. It didn't hit anybody, <laughs> but it happened. 
Wait, 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 wait. He's like this guy. Wait, let's just go back there for a second. One second. So this, what you're saying, I didn't know this, by the way. What you're saying is that this fella actually uh, was the first AD on a set where we talked about all of this process, all this procedure, all of this uh, clearing the set, all of this only Mm -hmm. necessary personnel on the set while any kind of gun is being shot in this way. All of this procedural stuff that goes on, the cameraman with a perspex glass with looking through goggles, all of this shit that's going on. This fella actually was on a set when all this went on and a gun went off and there was a live round in it. Yeah, yeah, in I 2019. So, yeah. in 2019, and he still had yeah. a job, and he got fired from that job as well for that reason. Wow, he got sacked off that job in 2019 for a weapon that was discharged. A, a blank was fired um, when it when it should have been shouldn't have been essentially. Wow, and he is got that sacked off. It. Yeah, fucking insane. That's crazy. I'm like, why is he? Why does he have a gun in his hand? It's not his. It's so far removed from his department as well. Right. You know, which right. like you know, you were saying about conspiracy theorists. Yeah. <laughs> Something that crossed my mind when I read that was like, what if this guy was just fucking around, and just put a blank in just to scare the shit out of some people? Do you know, because like he's yeah. thinking, oh, it's just a blank. Nothing's going to happen. It's just a blank. It'll just be a loud bang. It might give a few people a laugh. And I'm like, that's probably probably not the case. <laughs> but it's something that crosses your mind, you know, because like <laughs> this is this is how this is the realm that we're in, you know, when you're thinking about how this could have happened. It's just so bonkers that, you know, that stuff like that goes into your head. Well, I, I mean, along those lines, though, I mean, I guess the question again, um, you you would know this more than me, me, but you know there are a million producers of movies. The the term mm-hmm. produ- getting a producer credit is basically uh, like they say in the U.S. Uh, when when someone gets arrested before they go to trial, they have to be indicted, which means they have to kind of go in front of this informal court uh, where. Um, uh, you have to basically, you don't have to prove without a burden of evidence. You have to prove there's enough evidence to take this to trial, basically, right? Yes. Big, big crimes. And the, the joke is you can, you can indict a ham sandwich. You know what I mean? Like that's right. Yeah. You're, you're gonna, so, so, so they give out these, these, these producer credits are given to actors just because they're going to make a little bit, maybe a bigger cut of the money at the end of the day or having their name associated with it as a producer it gives them props or whatever but it's it's really kind of i don't know i don't know for a fact but this is just watching the films but there's a few producers that are responsible producers for producing this movie but you know like alec baldwin was a producer on this movie right so tech so technically Alec Baldwin does share a uh, uh, does he as a producer? I mean, what exactly, you know, is he producing if he put if he's putting together? Obviously, he probably did. I mean, he knew, but because he was acting, but like he was a producer on the set, so he shares a burden of responsibility for whatever went wrong on that set. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah as an actor, he shares nothing. As an actor, he is is as as an actor, he gets zero blame. For what happened yeah. on that set, this is just my opinion, and may, I, maybe yeah. you feel different. No, you right. know the They're business, yeah. but as a producer, okay, it's a it's this fancy fucking thing that you put your you get a producer credit, you make a few more bob, you become you know now you're you're right. hyphenated, you're not just an actor anymore. You now are big enough where they're like, we'll give you producer credits too, you know. 
But yeah. the fact it's, is, it's, if something like this goes wrong, that crazy little producer credit, that's what yeah, you wanted. That's, you that's the, the risk that yeah. you took. You better make sure yeah. that that shit's going right on set. Or, or, or yeah. am I way off base? No, you're absolutely spot on. It just it just depends on what kind of level of producer. So you've got like executive producers, um, and then you've got producers that are just you know like you've got a line producer and a production manager and stuff like that. Um, it's just it's hard to I don't know what level of producer he was like, but he essentially could have just given them money and then he gets a producer credit. You know, like an executive producer could just be like, all right, take this. This is my investment of the film in the film, but you're going to, you know, do the organization side of things. But you're totally right in the fact that the producers do have to, are going to be held accountable in some shape or form because they are responsible for hiring the crew. And to be honest, John, I think this is bigger than just negligence um, because you've probably read in the articles as well that like a load of the camera crew walked off the set um, that morning, the morning that um, Miss Hutchins was shot. um, I think it was six camera crew left the set because of concerns over crew safety and also like the hours and pay as well that I think some of them weren't getting pay, which is like brings in the whole bigger it brings in the whole bigger thing that's going on in the States at the minute where they're trying to renegotiate their, they're trying to renegotiate the terms of the unions um, to just, you know, just make it a better place to work, like less hours and stuff like that, because there's concerns about stuff happening all the time. And this is only going to add fuel to the fire really. Um, well, yeah, I mean, cause let's but, be honest, you're, you're a hundred percent correct that, that, that this is a, it's, it's, and it's, it's, it's endemic of, of bigger issues that are going on in, in the world, quote unquote, and in, you know, what happens happening in America or whatever it's happening all over the yeah. world though, is, you know, this sort of yeah. global capitalist elitism where we have decided to worship the actor and worship the athlete and worship um, those guys. And by doing that, we line the pockets of the studios and we line the pockets mm-hmm. of the sports teams and we line the pockets of yeah. the uh, record companies, which isn't so much now with, you know, the advent of a, say a Spotify and stuff, but um, um, which did level some things. But, but the reality is in order for those cogs to work, this is no different than any other business where oh everything's made yes. in China. Everything's made in China. The reality <laughs> is, you you are like for you the, the the ones that are at the bottom of that totem pole are literally it's like a it's like a, a a duck swimming on a pond. You know what I mean? Above the pond, you have you have Alec Baldwin and his beautiful hair and his Donald Trump impersonation <laughs> swimming swimming beautifully above the water, but below the water. Yeah. There's the armorers and the first AD and the fucking sound guy and the fucking gaffers and the fucking all of these guys that are kicking their legs furiously, furiously to make this guy look like and and Mm -hmm. the studio look like it is. And it's no different from a lot of other businesses. But like this, what you're, you know, kind of what you're saying there in the the States is that, you know, 
they're just the rich are, are only trying to find ways to line their own pockets in a lot of these ways. And they're yeah. giving the, the guys that are lower on the pot even less than they ever did yeah. before. Yeah, you're totally right. And, th- and this is the reason um, that people are, are concerned about what happened um, on that set as well is because like the producers are responsible for hiring the crew. The producers are responsible for the crew's health and safety. The producers are responsible for everything. So they hired this crew and, um, you know, we're not, we're not obviously pointing fingers or anything here, but the, the armorer that was on set was, a, I believe she's 20. Um, her father was a, a, a very successful armorer and she worked under him, but she just completed her first feature film like last month, like just before this, just before Rust um, started production, she completed her first feature film as the head armorer. Um, so this was only her second film um, as the as the lead armorer. Um, not only that, but like obviously the first AD had his problems as we discussed. Yeah, yeah. And then clearly there was problems uh, going on enough that six of the crew walked that morning, and then like I think it was like five hours later. Um, Miss Hutchins was shot, and not only that, it, uh, another thing is they were rehearsing the scene before lunch, and then the gun went back to whoever, and then mm-hmm. they came back after lunch, and nobody really knows what you know what happened in between then, and, and <laughs> after the, after they came back from lunch, that's when the, the shot went off. You know, you know, it's just, that's I crazy. Mean, it's uh. It, it 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 does. It sounds it it sounds like they it just nobody sounds had any dodgy, idea what like, they were doing. It sounds yeah, very dodgy, exactly. doesn't it? It just sounds like proper cowboy territory. Like, and I don't know. It's got. It's like you said, as a producer, you know, this is all. It's all this cutting corners, but like, it's all of this cutting corners to save costs, to save money. Crew that that crew was like they were driving yeah. like something like fifty miles or something to get to that set. Um, you know, and it's no wonder they walked, but they got a load of non-union people in then to 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 carry on for the rest of that day. Um, I don't know. I That's don't know. Uh, so. Just... I mean, how, what 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 were the percentage of union? I mean, re- realistically, if you're in the business, you're in the union, right? I mean, is it? Would it be fifty fifty in in a union, not in a union? I, I won't. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even hazard a guess. I wouldn't have a clue yeah. in the states. I just know yeah, that yeah, it's yeah. very tightly unionized over there, and um, yeah. So for them to hire these very rogue difficult. non-union guys is uh, yeah, it's just even more shady. Like they're available, but yeah, they're kind of uh, like yeah. they're kind of like yeah, the, the woman, the women in America who get caught like trying to find someone to kill their boyfriend or their husband, and then they, that yeah. person ends up turning him into the FBI, and they set up, they stage the husband's death and stuff. You know what I mean? They're kind of like that. They're right, like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like oh, there is people like that that can do that for me. Like oh yeah, I'm here's, I'm, here's I'm honestly in no position. Yeah right, <laughs> I'm honestly in no position to say, you know, I, and to to compare uh, union and non-union workers. Like I don't know what the crack is at all there. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it just adds to the whole, it, it adds to the whole uneasy feeling about the whole thing, really. Yeah, and, and what the producers were doing. 
Yeah, and I guess so, there are times when, when you know, people got to work. You know what I mean? I guess people people got to work. So, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. there are times when people cross those kind of union lines, and it's even going, it even goes on in Hollywood. But yeah, like I mean, it just goes to show you that the you know, the people that are at the bottom rung, not only are they not getting paid uh, when these, you know, when the people at the top are making, you know, when, when the people at the top are making twenty million to be yeah. in the movie. And the people at the yeah. bottom are be- getting paid subsistence level. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like you're not going to be able to afford anything, but we're, we're buy your yeah. food for the next week. And you know what I mean? You keep doing what you're doing. You know what I mean? And someday yeah. when you get to work on, you know, when, when that sort of, I mean, until you get to the big time, I'm sure it's like that in every, like you, mm. if you get known as, you know, a, a sound man or whatever, then you get brought on to bigger and bigger, bigger and bigger sets and you'll make more and more yeah, money based yeah. on that, I would say. But, yeah. but then also you know, the, the, the safety gets better and the, the more money that's behind, right? You, there's more safety parameters and stuff like that. You know, this was well, like yeah. a small budget indie Western. So, yeah. you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if there was, you know, but there still should be happening. There's yeah. Yeah. But there, I mean, how the fuck is that? How, like you would think, okay, I get it. It's a small, it's not a, a big budget fucking Marvel motion picture, That's crazy, man. but it's still a, still a, a still a film. You know what I mean? There still should be a minimum. Died, like it's yeah, a minimum. It's, yeah, it's a minimum. You know what I mean? There it's have crazy. been, like, you know, there, have been other tragedies mention- sorry go ahead yeah yeah keep going yeah i was just gonna say it's worth mentioning other tragedies because yes you know in 2007 did you hear you, you you've heard about um uh i think sarah jones uh-huh. it might not be sarah but it's someone jones anyway um so another shoot in america and they were called midnight midnight runner or midnight rider um they were shooting on some train tracks um and unbeknownst to the rest of the crew, the first AD and I think the producer and potentially the director, uh, they all told the rest of the crew that it was a it was a closed down line and that, you know, there was no risk of any sort of train. And then all of a sudden they were told, Okay, there's a train that's one minute away. But they had like all their gear all over the tracks. And this this girl was a camera operator, and she's she's on on the tracks trying to get all this gear off, and uh, the train just you know was faster than expected, I believe, and uh, it it took a load of the gear out that was on the track, and I, Sarah got hit by the train and and, and was killed sadly. And um, she wasn't the only one; like there was other people who got hit by the train and got were injured like really badly. Um, but that was like that was in two thousand seven, and that, along with you know what happened in nineteen ninety three, all these incidents are just building up and building up, and there's just like this is this is another one to add to that list, and it, it's all these producers like that. That I think it was the director or one of the producers got jail time for that for uh, involuntary manslaughter. Um, so you'd have to think something. Like that is going to happen to well, that even, somebody uh, from this as well. For that, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to say that the. Uh, what? Let me let me think about it now. I'm gonna. It's gonna come to me. It's gonna come to me. There was somewhere in in. Oh, that's right. 
and this was the early 80s, um, there was a, an actor named Vic Morrow. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but it's uh, Steven Spielberg was the director on that set. The movie was uh, oh, wow. the Twilight Zone movie. And oh, the Twilight Zone, I'm yeah. Sure you've heard that. Oh, my God, the helicopter. The famous television show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The helicopter that killed Vic Morrow and those two kids. Yeah, two kids. That, that yeah. Was, uh, I believe that was Steven Spielberg. I believe that was Steven Spielberg Jeez. that was uh, yeah. uh, directing. Oh, no, it was, it was John Landis. That's who it was. It was John Landis, another famous director. Yeah, right, it was right. John Landis. Um, there were charged, uh, the special effects guy, John Landis. There was Him and four others um, were charged with, a, I don't know what the charge was, but they were found, oh, involuntary manslaughter, and they yeah, were found innocent. Yeah. Uh, ten month trial, oh, wow. and they were found innocent on that. But but um, uh, yeah, that was that was uh, Spielberg. That was Landis. They were they were in that together. So like the tragedies, you know, tragedies happen on the set. Yeah, bloody right. Yeah, it's 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 this is all just adding up to the whole change. Like uh, I know you were saying, it's happening in every. It happens in every industry. It's happening in in film now in the states. They're kicking it off really. Um over there by just trying to because there was another another person that uh like you there's plenty of tragedies over here um with the working hours so they we could be working 13 14 15 hour days and then having to drive an hour home and people are just falling asleep at the wheel okay you know so this is all part of a big kind of major uh, movement that's happening now in the states and hopefully, you know, I've, we're all rooting for them, and, and hopefully, similar things happen, you know, in Ireland and in, and the UK as well, and all over the world for, for that matter. But- Mick, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you're. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but on uh, on January sixth, there was uh, literally uh, a riot, a mob riot of extreme right wing uh, folks that uh, charged. The, oh, the yeah. Capitol building of the United States of America. They busted through mm-hmm. the doors. They busted through the windows. Only one person died. How that happened, I have no. Well, I mean, the one murdered inside, kind of thing. But uh, yeah, that yeah. that happened in the thing. But anyway, and, and still there are still there's a there's probably roughly fifty percent of the people that would vote for that guy if he were run for office again. The guy who. To yes, kind of it's absolutely mad, isn't it? You yeah. know what I mean. So that that just it was to show you, man. Like yeah. you think, yeah. you think that you would say, "Look, these people are working fifteen-hour days. They're asking for, they're asking, they're not even asking for more money. They're asking for more, more, more safety to be put into their yeah. job. They're asking instead of the, to if they're they'll work the fifteen, but if they're working the fifteen, anything over over nine, and you're paying them quadruple hours. That's what a union does. A union doesn't say you can't yeah. work me. A union says you can work me boss but you're gonna pay me four times what you're paying me the last eight hours every hour starting now you know and that's that's yeah. where unions have their power against the, the bigger it gets bigger to that company, point but you know you hope that it changes something but yeah 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 it gets to that it point gets, where exactly like, like, you, you like know, we know, get producers get just the offer you more money yeah but it doesn't matter after a point you just want to like if you have a family you just want to see them if you if you you know, yeah. you just want to sleep and not and not feel <laughs> like you're going to get fired off the movie set. 
yeah, and not yeah. feel like you're going to get fired. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't, you don't, like I said, you don't want to feel like you're going to get fired because you want to go be with your family. Yeah. Or you want to go get some it's sleep. Crazy, man. You know like, what I mean? You know, people think you know, that's all they're glamorous. asking for. That's all they're asking. Yeah. For. <laughs> uh, come on now, it's still a lot of glamour. Come on now. <laughs> I don't know about that, that man. You, can, on, man. You, you tell me when I'm when I'm stood like up to my knees in mud, holding a boom up, a boom <laughs> under <laughs> fake rain. <laughs> And the and the rain is trickling <laughs> down my arms, down my elbows. <laughs> I love it though. It's, it's and then great. when they go cut, they just push you out of the way. They're like, "Fuck out!" Yeah, exactly. This guy's always in my way. <laughs> That's it. Man. The actors are Dealing sick and tired of you being hovering around them. Are you, are right, you hover, exactly. You, how how big are those boom mics? Oh, they're they're pretty big. How long big. is that boom the mic? Exterior ones. Uh, it can like the the pole can go out to about four meters <laughs> and is that how, yeah. how does that how does that connect to you so it's you're just holding it you just hold it like above your above your arms there's the, you just gotta it, get your technique like down in? so that no no it doesn't strap nice. in no <laughs> like you got, it gets pretty you're heavy all, when it rains like yeah man you're holding that shit above turns your head into a big time. giant fluffy sponge like you know <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome man that is hilarious i can't yeah yeah we got we just while we were uh i I haven't picked up anything but our buddy goldie there at mib said hot off the press police are in possession of the lead projectile fired from the gun used by alec baldwin oh right we shot and killed some time from the new film rust and asked about whether baldwin could be charged district attorney so all options are on the table so that goes back to my whole thing where with uh john landis and and those guys like he, he could and the fact that he was a producer on the set of that of that movie yeah, if yes. you're a producer on the set i don't blame i personally don't blame alec baldwin the actor but alec baldwin the producer needs to check his fucking self at the door yeah, next time right. he wants to put a producer credit in front of a, a movie with a fucking bullshit set and bullshit uh non-union workers and, yeah. and, and when, when it's going to be that fucking shady maybe you want to protect yourself by even changing your name you know what i mean like yeah. you know, come on what? <laughs> but uh it looks like they're yeah. they're getting to it and then uh what else uh, there was a movie uh, a young man lost his legs in vietnam i'm not sure i remember that movie what's the name of that movie there buddy and then mick have you ever heard of other actors talking oh has mick ever heard actors talking privately about something <laughs> that he wasn't meant to <laughs> you'd be surprised at how many people ask me that question and Incl- mostly <laughs> actors asking me that question <laughs> about other actors it's, oh no they just uh they like to make sure that you don't have the radio mics because i'm responsible for fitting fitting the actors radio mics as well so the biggest <laughs> question they ask is like have you got you got this faded up can you hear me or you might see them like trying to talk into it from across the set and uh and you're like oh no we don't have Bryn that's up to the sound mixer but you know it's kind of a violation of privacy so we always have (laughs) the radio microphones faded down always unless um until they're speaking in the scene so I've no juicy goss for you I'm afraid (laughs) <laughs> oh man no juicy gossip on it yeah. you get i mean you definitely hear stuff you hear stuff like especially because like you always i always like i always leave the mic on set so that you can hear what's going on on set so you can hear you know we're about to go for a shot or whatever so then you can run in and and, and get ready but people forget that the mic is live all the time the boom like the boom mic is live all the time <laughs> and they might be stood they might find themselves stood 
within earshot of the of the boom and having a very private conversation at which point me or the other boom operator will go and tell them just to watch out <laughs> that is hilarious that is funny yeah um well you've got it so, you've got it when you're on set just don't talk about stuff like that you've got it you know realize that. <laughs> the penny will drop with mick tell him not to reveal it reveal that's what Goldie has to say. Famous I don't know line. if you know who Goldie is. There you go. Ah, uh, so <laughs> look, man, I got a couple. I, I I know I kept you here. It's it's an hour. I just got to. Uh, I was going to run through a few yeah, more no worries, uh, yeah. quick topics if you don't mind that don't have to. Well, of course, man. To do I'm enjoying it. Industry, yeah. but I appreciate. But will you, I uh, fight again? No, I get it now. Sorry, man. I get it. But will I fight hey, again? <laughs> there you go. Uh, Excellent. Um. I, I, you know, just thank you for, for giving us your expertise on it, man. And, and, uh, uh, I appreciate, you know, learning, learned a a lot. That's the cool thing, I guess, that, that maybe an hour of me talking to nobody, but I learned so much shit, man. And I learned that I have really smart friends that have really cool gigs, even though I wouldn't want to do it, but I, I could, I could still, I could still say that I got you in my life. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. So, so, uh, First of all, so just some headlines. So I just found out. Um, uh, I just saw that uh, uh, there's going to be a new, <laughs> new Joe Exotic Part Two coming out. You see oh, that wow. Netflix? Oh, yeah, did you yeah, see the I original? Did. How the I fuck did are see they the original. Not, yeah. How are they going to not? I mean, you know what the funny thing is? You know, they say that these uh, um, uh, reality shows—they're all scripted. You know what I mean? They say, and it's it's kind of obvious mm-hmm. that, that that they would be, but you know, you'd think that if, if there's one reality show that wasn't scripted, it was Joe Exotic, yeah, a, a documentary that had right. no script. Like, like you would, I would just the thought that the all dude goes those, to jail in it. Yeah, all of those <laughs> that amount of batshit crazy people, different people, and I I mean that in the best possible way were together in that park. You know what I mean? Well, that documentary had some of the most unique uh, personalities yeah. of any documentary and they weren't scared. You know, they weren't like they, 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 they the, and Netflix does such a good job with sort of um, understanding. I think that these people could work, just let them put a camera in front of their face and let them go. And this was such a crazy topic. If you think about it, I mean, there's tiger wars and murder over tiger wars. The guy ran for governor and then he got put to jail and then, and, and the, she took all, she took everything. And the guy came to, the guy who came to bail him out was this shady guy who ended up turning him in. And then like, yeah. it's crazy. And now like people are it's, like, yeah. they're like the new Joe exotic is, he didn't actually say the thing. I didn't actually do that stuff. Like they're they're recanting. The witnesses are recanting their yeah. subject. You know, come yeah. on, this is amazing. Come on, this is the thing. Like when like when 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 four people turn up to your door with a camera and a and a boom mic, you know, you they're not thinking this is gonna go viral and every single person in the world is gonna watch it. So when when it takes off like that and they're like, oh shit, oh god, why did I say that? You know, it's the panic taking over now. But I, you know, it's it, it's worth a second a second series, isn't it? Really, like from what it's, you said there, it's worth something. It's worth it to see what's going to happen. Like at some point, absolutely, it, 
they have a uh, I remember when I was a kid there was a I don't even know where I heard it first but um do you remember the show Happy Days do you I don't know if you've no, ever heard no, of the show no. All right, there was a show in the states it. yeah of course yeah Happy Days with Richie Cunningham Ron Howard who became the biggest director in the world and yeah, uh, yeah. you know that, that he starred in as Richie Cunningham the Fonz hey how you doing with the Fonz I don't remember that yeah. but anyway there was an episode of Happy Days where they were at the beach and Fonzie uh uh was uh, uh, ski skiing, water skiing, and he water skied and jumped a ramp over uh, a thing of sharks, right? So, right. so, so they say, <laughs> and they say that that's when that's when you knew the show was over. So they call it jumping right, the shark. Okay. So they have so shows have their kind of jumping the shark mo- moment, and a lot of uh, people right. in movies, you know, they have that, especially television shows though, they have the jumping the shark moment where. It kind of hit an all-time low, and at this stage, there's no coming back from this. You know, the, the, yeah. the show ain't gonna last for very long. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I right. Okay. See where, I want to see if it actually, if the next series is there in part two. Like, all right, now you're done. Like, I'm done watching. This has gone beyond. Yes. You yes. Know, now it's yeah, now it's it gone beyond. To the point that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <It's> <laughs> Will it have on. its jump of the sharks moment? Like. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Will it have its jump of the shark movement? And then on the opposite side of that, I saw today that, um, you know, Disney with owning Marvel and Star Wars and they today or yesterday mm-hmm. brought out a trailer for there's now a Buzz Lightyear origin movie coming out next year. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And They're doing about, everything, aren't they? Well, I mean, if you think about it, though, like – yeah, you're right. They're doing everything, but from yeah. a Disney perspective, the guys at Disney were like, you know what? These motherfuckers at Marvel made all this fucking money. Now the Avengers, yeah. we got to kill them at some point. We got to kill these fuckers because they are getting old. It's going to run its course, you know. So okay, we're going to have an end game with them, and they're all, they're going to die. But then we're going to come out with all of these origin movies that happened before the Avengers. And we're going to have yeah. this whole timeline of events now for you to watch into, while we work on rebooting the whole thing. We're going to make our money yeah. off of these but That's, what, that's what they're doing with Star Wars now as well, aren't they? That's they're what doing they're doing so, with Star Wars. Like and that's exactly yeah. what's going on with Disney animation now. And that's what yeah. they're doing. There's a Buzz Lightyear. He wasn't just a toy. No, it was a yeah. toy based on an actual person. Buzz Lightyear. It was yeah, a toy right, yeah. Like, and, and so they're, they're they're doing Buzz Lightyear's origin story. So I mean, it, look, you're right. There's nothing original anymore. But if anybody could do it well, it's going to be Disney. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely right. Yeah. And like you but, said, when, when there's money to be made, you know. So yeah. It's, it's, apparently, Chris Evans yeah. is the voice of of Buzz Lightyear. You know what I mean? Like, All right. Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. They're bringing well, Chris Evans in, in to be the voice of fucking oh, Buzz Lightyear. God. What is that guy not in when it comes to Marvel? And, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> absolutely yeah it is absolutely amazing you know it's it's absolutely mm. amazing i don't know if him and john favreau are, are great buddies because doesn't john favreau basically run everything over there at disney now with the marvel got things and yeah. you know yeah. and now then he did mandalorian like he <laughs> then he was like oh the marvel thing is yeah. good and i'm gonna not only am i gonna direct them but i'm also gonna have a part in them and you know i'm john favreau yeah. and 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 i did swingers and and I'm he's come a long way since friends hasn't he he's come a long way since friends hasn't he but like now he's like you know what disney why don't you give me give me something to do with the star wars thing you know what i mean i always like star wars too i I don't have enough i don't have enough uh superstar credits john favreau living his life isn't he like absolutely 
from like that. You talk about Brian McFadden and 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 Duffy, bro. This guy, this guy, he's the one. He's the one that's living life. John, rolling in it. John Favreau is everything that Kevin Smith wants to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Kevin Absolutely. Smith is the coolest. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I, I you know, w- whether I agree with all of his movies or not, like, you know, Mallrats yeah. is fucking hilarious. Like, there, mm-hmm. he he did some some very funny stuff, and he has a whole podcast network, and he's like this nerd when it comes to like superheroes. Yeah. And he wrote, he owns a fucking uh, comic book store, and he wrote for comic books and all this stuff. But then John Favreau said, "Here, hold my beer." <laughs> and, yeah, right. John Favreau said, hold my beer, because while Absolutely. you were doing Clerks, while you were doing Clerks, this East Coast, New Jersey, poor man's budget movie, I got this little movie here that I'm going to do called Swingers, <laughs> and I got my buddy Vince oh, Vaughn to gosh. do Swingers. So, like, he was the West Coast. The two of them were, like, East Coast, West Coast, like Tupac and Biggie. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. The rivalry, yeah. <laughs> Slightly Smith. less... Uh... Less violent, less rhythmic, yeah, yeah. if you will. I mean, there wasn't wasn't yeah. so much soul to either one of them. But you know, Kevin I mean? <laughs> yeah, Smith and John Favreau. Now John Favreau said, "Here, hold my beer." Uh, Disney. Yeah, you know, he's doing, he's like he's doing everything. He's doing everything. He's doing absolutely I mean, everything. Yeah. You're so it's totally right, man. Like these got that it's a uh, uh, John Favreau. That's funny. We we made that analogy here tonight. John Favreau and Kevin Smith were like the the Biggie Tupac rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that's ever been said anywhere ever before? Absolutely yeah, that, not. Maybe no. you never know, man. Only here tonight, man. On this show, only, man. only here. Tonight. Only the um, or the two of them. The two. Yeah, of yeah, them. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> Look, man, it's uh, it's been an hour and fifteen minutes. I do this every show. I'm, I I I always go over. I should go over. I, why why, do, why does it matter? But uh, then I say, oh man, I kept you here too long. But you wouldn't want to be here if you didn't have fun. Hey, I'm off work now, man, so I don't need to even worry about an early night. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I um. I appreciate you coming on, dude. I, I totally uh, appreciate you uh, sitting in with me for for the last hour or so, and uh, and talking shop a little bit about your shop and and uh yeah, thanks yeah. for thanks for sharing it with me man and i hope that we can we'll have you back on one day and oh wait we got absolutely man we got we got the uh poach poachy in the studio at the stage there and he drops oh, yeah, there yeah. a mick you know, so, so, and drops. So, i don't know if, i don't know if poachy's been ever live and then poachy has uh designed the uh designed the logo he's the I man heard that shout out at the start of the show yeah some uh, man, yeah. isn't he? Some man for a, a design. He designed the logo for my uh, fantasy football team as well. <laughs> the, 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 the Cardiff Wales. The... <laughs> that is I thought amazing. you'd like that one. <laughs> that, is, that is amazing. He designed the NYB too. Goldie comes in with He's just our man. He's like, shout out Poaching. Oh, we got to get you on the show, man. You got to come on and talk about all the yeah. shit you do for everybody else and never get anything in return. Let's yeah. let's, let's go. The Poaching Venting Show. We're going <laughs> to. We're gonna get to have the poachy venting show when he, uh, when he. That's exactly. He's owed a lot of cash, man. Um, I, I yeah. sent you the check. I think I put it in the mail. I think I remember where what your address was. But uh, yeah, you should have gotten my check. I, I'm sure about mine for mine. <laughs> uh, but Mick, look, man, come back on. You tell me you'll, you'll come back on and do yeah, another show. Absolutely. and we'll talk about. I would love you know, to anytime. Like, honestly, yeah. 
seriously, uh, uh, um, you, if you, you think of something and you want, you just say to me, you know what, that would be funny. Put it on the show. Just shoot me a message yeah, and we'll set fantastic. a date. And we'll, yeah. we'll make a note and we'll, we'll, we'll do it, man, because I, I have a lot Sounds of fun great, doing man. it and I hope you, I'm uh, sorry I couldn't make it last night. Was, no, no, uh, it doesn't, you know, yeah. it honestly doesn't matter to me because, uh, I, I needed to change, um, I needed to change dates anyway, because, you know, life yeah. does happen. And, um, my, uh, my kids schedules with stuff changed and Tuesday's mm-hmm. now kind of a tough day. So Wednesday's, uh, right. Wednesday's cool, a cool. good day. But, uh, so yeah, man, we're, I, I look, we're flexible here, man. We I, live, we, yeah. we get a few people in here live, but as, as long as some people are listening, if they want to join the show, you know, we'll put, we'll put it together. And, uh, anytime you are welcome to come back on the show. If you, it doesn't matter. Uh, let's, let's do it. And, uh, thanks man. Thanks. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. Uh, Thank you very much. Goldie, nice one, Goldie. Goldie. Yeah, Lots Goldie of love loves as well. You. <laughs> Goldie loves you. Before before we, we, we roll out here, is, is anybody, can you guys that are out there right now listening live, can Mick, can you hear the music in your ear? I can hear the music. Yeah, I'm loving it. Oh, you can hear it now. I wonder why that couldn't be heard. I can, today. yeah. I wonder why that couldn't be heard at the, at the beginning. That's an odd one. I have to try and fix that. But anyway, I'm going to roll this thing. Maybe, yeah, maybe nice even roll it twice. Uh, uh, Mick, I miss you. Love you. Let's uh, let's talk yeah. for real. Uh, yeah, off, I'll see you for a bike when I'm back next. We'll put Cheers. Together soon, baby. This is Hit the Lotto, episode number 24. Fire on bikes. Dunking on y'all. See you later. Peace. Hit the lotto. Hit the lotto. Hit the lotto.